This is Talking Business. I'm joined now by Andrew Horvath, who's the Group Global Chairman of a company called Star Scientific. G'day, Andrew. Thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure. Now, Star Scientific has uh, been around for a while, um, started by your father. Um, does, is it still owned by your family um, or majority? majority of it, yeah, majority of it is, is still owned by the Horvath family, myself, my brother uh, and my wife. Um, we, we control the majority of it, but uh, it is, is a, a wide range of shareholders across the world. Um, most of them are very um, philanthropic, um, environmentally hearted people who all wanted to see the main projects that we've, we're pursuing, fusion, uh, the hero hydrogen technology and those sorts of things become a reality in the world. Yeah, so so hero stands for uh, hydrogen energy... Uh, release optimizer. Release optimizer. And, the, and you've been working on um, muon catalyzed fusion. Tell us what that is. All right, so muon catalyzed fusion is a different form of fusion. Um, for those of people who don't know, fusion is essentially um, forcing two two atoms together, two hydrogen atoms together. Uh, when you do so, you get helium and you get excess mass, which is uh, given off as energy. It's a great process. It's a nuclear process, but it happens in the sun. Uh, so for many years, scientists have tried are trying all sorts of ways. There's a big uh, project in France called ITER, backed by governments, I think they're up to about 40, 50 billion investments so far, due to be completed somewhere around uh, 2055, and then a working model by 2100. Muon catalyzed fusion takes a different path. It uses a catalyst to bring the the two hydrogens together. So my father went after this uh, in the late 70s and throughout the 80s, developing uh, muon catalyzed fusion. And about three years ago, in the material science part of what, what what that involved, we discovered we'd made a very, very unique catalyst, uh, which we've since named HERO. And that catalyst has the ability to, uh, in the presence of hydrogen and oxygen without any other energy input, become extremely hot extremely quickly. And uh, it's balanced, it's flameless, and uh, incredibly safe. So, so is, that, very, very is, is that an entirely different process to the fusion that you're talking about? Yes, um, yes, yes. So one is the nuclear process, the other is non-nuclear. So the hero is completely non-nuclear. I thought, aren't you putting together a hydrogen and an oxygen atom? You're not. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's not a it's a chemical reaction. It's not a nuclear reaction. I see. So it's not, in a sense, dangerous. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not dangerous at all. It's it's really no different. If, if, if most people would remember in science that you you might have had a bit of hydrogen and you mix some air with it and you lit it and it went pop. Um, hydrogen uh, has been burned for, for years for different processes, and especially industrial processes in the iron ore making industry and different processes it's been used in all sorts of chemical processes safely. This system, though, is very unique because it's completely flameless. So if you imagine a plate, and that can be any size, uh, coated with this uh, hero catalyst, the moment you expose it to hydrogen and oxygen, within minutes it's burning at, you know, burning is the wrong word really, catalyzing at 800 degrees. And uh, that allows you to do things like produce steam for power plants, uh, heat for different industrial applications, desalination, district heating, the list goes on and on and on, but all with zero emission because the only emission you get is water. So what is the what is the catalyzer? What actually when you say you coat a plate with it what is it? The catalyzer itself is it's it's a a, a, a group of metals that uh, we don't really disclose. It's patented but we don't disclose them. So there's there's a group of metals that when brought together um, have a 
have a reaction with the hydrogen and oxygen in such a way as to make them susceptible to joining. So they go and form water again. And the moment you form water, you release energy. See, hydrogen is just an, an energy carrier. So as it carries that energy, the moment it converts to something, it releases the excess energy it carries. Now, normally that's in the form of what we call excitation energy, so kinetic energy. So it speeds up the atoms in what's around it and makes them incredibly hot. Right. And did your dad discover the catalyzer? No, no, no. no. My, the lab team, after my father left and, uh, and he passed on, they actually, um, we, we looked at it, uh, it came up in a number of experiments we were doing, and every time we did an experiment, one of these systems that we had just got incredibly hot. So we started to investigate it, and with the view of actually shutting it down, because we didn't need that in the fusion process. And then we suddenly realised that we could control this thing, we could set the temperature of it, we could uh, make it happen very, very quickly, and it was phenomenally stable. But the biggest thing about it is, Hero is a true catalyst. Now, true catalysts are kind of unique. Most catalysts get degraded over time. They get used up in the reaction. Hero doesn't get used up in the reaction. It acts as a home for the reaction to take place, but that's all. So you, you stumbled upon it uh, while doing something else. Yes, right? basically during the during the uh, fusion uh, process, you, we obviously looked at a lot of material sciences, different materials, different things, how they reacted with what we were doing, and in the course of that that research, we discovered Hero. And you're now focused on commercialising this thing called Hero. Yes, because it's it's it is a very quick way to actually flip the uh, the economy over to a hydrogen economy. If you look at the current uh, situation that we're in, if you look for everything from uh, climate change to the availability of energy, um, if you have a stable heat source that emits zero emission, that allows you to do a number of things. It means you can locate it anywhere. It doesn't have to be located near a train line or a coal line or anything like that. Um, It immediately means you don't need coal handling at the front end and pollution handling at the back end. See, one of the the biggest things with climate change, at the moment, there's about $45 trillion in the next five years are going to be de-invested out of the coal, oil and gas industries. Um, That money will cause about $100 trillion of stranded assets in those industries. We don't think that's a very sound economic plan for the world. What uh, Star Scientific is trying to do with uh, with its daughter company, Planet Power Systems, we have developed a method to supersede the coal boilers in a power plant. So you disconnect the coal boiler, put a hero boiler in there, and the plant runs like it did yesterday, but now with zero emissions, but also about $300 million cheaper a year because you don't have to handle that. You you mean using the same turbines? Exactly, using the same turbines because there are a lot of turbines around the world that have 10, 15, 40, 50 years lifespan. Even in Australia, the majority of them have at least 10 years. So you can use those existing power stations to keep powering whilst you develop smaller, smarter turbines. There are smarter turbines called critical CO2 turbines that have been developed in the US and other places, but predominantly the US, which uh, for the size of an average desktop can put out about 10 megawatt without the need for water cooling. So if you imagine dotting 50 meg, uh, megabot, uh, megawatt versions around the place of those running on Hero, you have a zero emission balanced system that can run in Australia or Europe or anywhere else in the world, giving you balanced electricity. And that's the the big key to this whole argument is that electricity use is dramatically rising. 
the amount of data we are chewing, and I don't think people realise this, is the amount of data we're using is driving the amount of electricity we need at a phenomenal rate. Give you an example, uh, in County Galway at the moment, Apple are building a data centre that uses the exact same amount of power as the city of Dublin. So the the amount of power being used across the world just to watch Netflix and you know send your emails and things increasingly is overtaking us. We've also got a situation where we have a population increase. We have the industrialisation of Africa and Asia. As those things go along, we're going to need to get smarter and definitely cleaner. And the way to do it is a global hydrogen economy. And finally, the Australian government has, has twigged on this as well with the release of the, the hydrogen strategy. Yeah, but that's, that's faltering because um, uh, Alan Finkel, the chief scientist, has been trying to get COAG to um, set up a, a or fund or support a hydrogen industry, but it's kind of, uh, it's not certain seem to be happening, does it? No, well, I'll tell you what, the hydrogen industry, though, doesn't, it, I don't think it needs to be funded by the government. What the hydrogen industry needs is a demand side activator like us. The big issue is there are people willing to make hydrogen. I mean, there's a 15 gigawatt plant being built in Perth at the moment, or not in Perth, but Western Australia, um, that, is, that is all hydrogen. And that's a huge amount of hydrogen for export. Uh, that they're looking at. Japan has already signed legislation, so has Korea, South Korea, to use hydrogen by 2030, which is a huge undertaking and a huge amount of hydrogen. Uh, most of the hydrogen, most of what they're talking about at the moment is to drive electric vehicles by using uh, hydrogen fuel cells instead of lithium batteries. Um, you're, you're talking that, about yes, something else the, entirely, aren't you? Exactly, but that's the point. Until there's a, a serious demand-side activator. So there's two serious demand-side activators, power, energy, electricity, and gas lines. When you can start using hydrogen in gas lines, as they do in Leeds in England now, a majority of that city has been converted to hydrogen, where you, you go in and cook with hydrogen now. Um, th th and that's their grand experiment, and it's working a treat. As you start to do that, you start to increase the demand side the rest of it will follow because there are people, Woodside's a very good example, who are screaming, you know, saying, listen, we can be the hydrogen suppliers to the planet, which is what Alan Finkel is saying. He's saying, look, there's a couple trillion dollar industry out there. Why aren't we pursuing it? Yeah. Now, the energy energy ministers are looking across a broad and it's a difficult look. Being a minister, I imagine, is a difficult broad, a brief to run. But they've got to look at it from a broad point of view. But I think industry will drive this and the necessity of industry because of the divest invest um, groups that are out there, there is a, a huge shift away from carbon. Now, that shift is, is happening. There's no way of avoiding it anymore. The, the, the major shifts have happened already. They're seismic. And these seminal moments when countries, one after the other, Germany's about to release their hydrogen strategy and they're going to go whole hog. You can't avoid changing you know, the planet to an inexhaustible green fuel. And that fuel will, will serve us, you know, till the planet ends. And that's the beauty of it. And it's nice because you can locate it anywhere. You can use it in a variety of sources, every form of industrial heat, every form of electric vehicle. If you want to use it in hydrogen trucks, hydrogen vehicles, it's there as well. But overall, you know, we're going to see the advent of a hydrogen economy, and I believe it'll be a lot quicker than uh, COAG believes it is. Mm. And when you talk to individual state ministers, that it's quite interesting. Individual state ministers... Um, don't believe it's going to be as long as the federal ministers do. Uh, the state ministers are all pushing the issue quite hard. Unfortunately, Andrew, we're out of time. 
but it's been uh, really interesting to talk to you. Thanks. No problem. Thank you for having me. I've been talking to Andrew Horvath, who's the Global Chairman of Star Scientific.